Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. Behind the page with this character, Will, to take you and the listeners uh, into the the history of Ant Man. As we see in the movie, the very first Ant Man is is Hank Pym, genius scientist who is able to shrink himself down to the size of an insect. Nineteen sixties character Hank Pym never intended to be a superhero. That was never the intent behind the creation. Of that character, um, Stan Lee is brother Larry Lieber, who did a lot of writing with him, and Jack Kirby um, created the story at the end of 1961. They, they've they've just created the Fantastic Four. This is the early, early, early days of what we call the Marvel Age, where all these characters are being created one month after the other. We don't have any costume superheroes yet. Okay, mm. we've got Mad. Sci-fi stories at this point, <laughs> sixty-one, end of sixty-one, start of sixty-two. We, we, the Fantastic Four don't wear costumes to begin with. They are, you know, scientists and adventurers. We've got the Hulk coming soon. Um, mad science fiction is 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 what Marvel have been doing during the nineteen fifties, along with cowboys and gangsters and and romance co- comics. Atlas, as Marvel was known in in the fifties, was producing. A lot of mad scientists, um, sci-fi anthology uh, comic books, which would feature tales about monsters, aliens, and mad scientists. Um, the, one of those anthology books is called Tales to Astonish, which publishes like unconnected science fiction short stories. No shared universe, no shared world. It's like uh, a two or three short short stories that might last five pages to ten maybe in in 1962 one of these short stories is called the man in the anthill and this is the first appearance of, of hank pym this is not a superhero not a superhero debut there's no costume there's no fighting crime it's like one of those black mirror stories that i've been talking about <laughs> since we started the, the, this this tale mm. to a certain extent uh, Hank Pym discovers an unusual set of subatomic particles he labels the Pym particles, right? Mm. And and he makes these serums that can alter his size, and 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 he, so he's got one formula that, that that can change his size and one to turn him back. He tests them on himself, and he shrinks himself down to the size of an insect, and that's where he has this this horrifying adventure. Really, he becomes trapped in an ant hill. Uh, running from his life as terrifying ants that are bigger than him, giants to him, are about to like rip him apart and eat him. 
and he eventually escapes and, and uses a reverse formula to restore himself to a normal style size. But he, at the end of the of the of the story, decides this is too dangerous to exist. Pulls him down the sink, and that's the end. That was always meant to be the end. It was a short little bish bash bosh done. It's clear that you know we talked at the, at the top of the show about how. Uh, movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kid uh, and things like that influenced public co- consciousness in 2015 about, you know, being be, being shrunk, being, being small and that being a comedic thing. Hmm. Well, it, it's very clear that this story is heavily influenced by popular movies of the era. Okay? So, the special effects used in movies like Gulliver's Travels and like Tom Thumb d- displayed that you could have a lot of inventive fun with a miniature hero stood next to a giant pencil, a giant whatever it might be, insect. Um, but but more importantly, the 1957 sci-fi movie The Incredible Shrinking Man. Yes, yes. That showed how everyday things like cats and insects would become terrifying monsters to a tiny protagonist, you know. Not to mention that the 50s is the era of the sci-fi big horror classics like Them, Mm. which is about irradiated giant ants terrorising a desert town and the military have to, you know, they try and blow them up with tanks and with fighter jets and it's, you know, proper full-on B-movie horror scary stuff. Um, and the deadly mantis, you know. So another one about, uh, you know, household insects grown to giant size and how scary that is, how threatening it is. Um, sidebar here, folks. Uh, it's worth pointing out that as with a lot of Marvel's history around this time, DC Comics did it first. Oh my! Nineteen sixty-one, DC Comics published a story. Featuring a genius scientist, Ray Palmer, who discovers a way to shrink himself down to tiny sizes. And he eventually, after having his own experience with, you know, suddenly being tiny when, uh, uh, you know, being stuck in a bottle, a Coke bottle when he's tiny and all that kind of stuff, he eventually dons a costume and fights evil as the Atom, which is a perennial DC comic book character, perennial member of the Justice League, Silver Age character, and, and, and still is a character used in their, their TV shows. He, he's, he's just left Legends of Tomorrow after, you know, six seasons or whatever. As 1962 progresses, we see the success of the, the costume superheroes, like Spider-Man. Um, and the, the fans demanded the Fantastic Four wear costumes and become superheroes. So Stan Lee and, and, and Marvel are looking for more costumed characters. And the Hank Pym story sold pretty well. That had a, you know good, good, uh, good feedback from fans about the man in the anthill. So Stan Lee decides to bring the Hank Pym character back as a costume superhero who uses... You know, the fact that he can shrink down is a way to fight evil. And he also invents this awesome-looking chrome helmet, which lets him communicate and control insects so he can never 
that can never happen to him again. The next time he's tiny, <laughs> he's not going to get eaten by them because otherwise, that's it's just a very dangerous thing to do to yourself and not a good way of fighting crime. Um, by sixty three, uh, Hank Pym's got his own series, Ant Man in Tales of Astonish. Um, he gives size changing powers to his girlfriend who becomes the wasp and together they join the avengers and and this is an important thing that i think everyone needs to um perhaps learn from this episode never work with your girlfriend it's a terrible <laughs> idea never bring her into your workplace never join her workplace mm. if you get the chance to join the avengers check to see if your girlfriend is already there or boyfriend whatever it is just don't work with your spouse but the Ant-Man stories uh, never sell very well. His ongoing adventures stop and Hank Pym begins a period of, of rapid change. <laughs> so by, by the end of 63, Hank Pym is no longer Ant-Man. He's ditched that identity and he's changed his powers. Now, he is Giant-Man. Ah. And he grows to be a giant rather than shrinks to become Ant-Man. And then he changed his name and costume again and become Goliath. Um, and these were inspired by other sci-fi movies of the 50s, like The Amazing Colossal Man mm. and The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. So Hank Pym is very much inspired by these popular 50s sci-fi kind of roadhouse, drive-in, B-movies. And by the end of the 60s, Pym has adopted four different superhero identities and four different superhero costumes, all while serving um, on, on the Avengers. Uh, one, He's one of the earliest Marvel heroes, uh, a founding member of the Avengers and all of that. And yet, if you ask a, a comic book fan what Hank Pym is most known for, they will all say his darkest moments. They'll all say uh, creating Ultron. Mm, yes. They'll all say the time he got fired from the Avengers. <laughs> what? Uh, his, his numerous mental breakdowns. Oh. And the time he hit his wife. Oh. Because that has never left. That, that scar... He has worn his whole life. So, for whatever reason, those are the big things that stuck with, with, with that character. Now, Scott Lang is a different story. Um, so, created in 79 by David Michelani, Bob Layton, and John Byrne. Okay, Michelani was a real force for modern, grown-up storytelling at Marvel in the 70s. And beyond in the 80s, he co-created both Venom and, and Carnage when he was working on Spider-Man in the 90s. His work with uh, Bob Layton on Iron Man really transformed that character. They created Rhodey, they created Justin Hammer, um, and they created two of the most iconic and uh, Iron Man stories of all time. Demon in a Bottle, which we've mentioned, where Tony yep. Stark is battling alcoholism, which has stayed with the character forever. And Armor Wars, where Tony goes on a rampage and he basically stops being a hero and attacks every armoured character in, in Marvel. Um, those are two of the really super big Iron Man stories. Uh, Michelani loved size-changing heroes. Um, and so like the fact that Hank Pym wasn't being Ant-Man anymore, and he was just being Hank Pym at the time, I think... Mm. Um, 
meant that he was like, oh, like that that character, I don't want that identity to go away. So he decided to create a brand new updated version of, of the hero. And uh, Michelini said uh, in interviews, I wanted something completely different in both origin and motivation from Hank Pym. So I came up with the idea of a reformed criminal. Like, not an unjustly accused innocent man, which is a trope, which would have been the expected angle. A true criminal who had reformed. And I figured that as a burglar, this person probably enjoyed the adrenaline rush of his previous job. So the excitement of heroic adventure could fulfill that need in him, but legally. So... Uh, Ant-Man had a, had a two-issue tryout in in, in uh, Marvel premiere. Um, Scott Lang as Ant-Man. It failed to get him his own series, oh. but the dynamic of of a single father, reformed criminal in the superhero role, did strike a chord with characters to a certain degree, and it led to Ant-Man enjoying modest popularity and and more appearances. He made a lot of guest appearances. He aided the Avengers but didn't join the team. He aided Iron Man and Alpha Flight and Hercules. And basically, whenever like a, a superhero story needed someone to do something tiny, like <laughs> Scott Lang would turn up and, and that would be his guest appearance and he'd help them out. Um, he appeared as kind of like a forgotten... He was, he was he was known for a while as like the forgotten hero, right? So he, he turns up in the Marvel Max series, Alias, as a boyfriend of Jessica Jones. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, I, I used to be a superhero or I did it for a bit, but, you know, the hours were rough <laughs> <laughs> while I was trying to look after my kid and... It wasn't until 20 years after he was created that he'd actually joined the Avengers. Uh, but right as <laughs> right as he joins the Avengers, they suffer a sequence of horrific events in a storyline called Avengers Disassembled, which tears the team apart, and Scott Lang dies in the process of that. But his, his death doesn't stick, and five years later, thanks to some time travel, Scott is back in action, and he's more prominent than ever. He joins the new team of Defenders, and then he's asked to replace Reed Richards and form a new temporary version of the Fantastic Four in a, a comic book series that I really, really recommend. That's Will Eating, if you're distracted on the uh, on the podcast. He's uh, been working hard, and he's not had chance to have his num-nums. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, Scott gets an ongoing uh, series focused on, on, on Lang, uh, titled Ant-Man, written by Nick Spencer, and drawn by Raymond Rosanos, and that's really great series, and, and he gets some others. When... Uh, his daughter Cassie becomes seriously ill. Um, we, we... oh, my notes are all kind of messed up now. What are we doing? Right, okay. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, live action uh, retake on this. Okay, folks. Right, so so unlike like Hank Pym's origin of inventing the serum, mm. Scott Lang doesn't have that. What we see is something a bit similar to the movie, but not quite. So. Um, Scott Lang's daughter Cassie is seriously ill and he seeks out the only doctor that's capable of helping her unique heart condition Dr. Erica Sondheim and 
at the, at the very moment Scott Lang is trying to contact her, like he sees her being kidnapped, basically, oh. um, and taken away to uh, to this this other facility that he and he he follows her, but he can't. Like he's like looking, he's like. I'd have to break in, and I'm not supposed to do that anymore. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I, oh, I, 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 and also, aside from anything else, the technology and the security here is way beyond anything I could do as a burglar. So, okay, forget this. I've got to do something else. So he goes, returns to burglary to try and like get enough money together to take his daughter abroad and maybe find another doctor that can help her heart condition. And lo and behold, the house he goes to rob is Hank Pym's house. Ah. And what he steals is the Ant-Man suit. Now, being that this is Marvel and Ant-Man is a very famous Avenger and superhero, he immediately knows what he's stolen. And so <laughs> he, not like in the movie where it's like, what's this? So he, he, he becomes the new Ant-Man, uses the size powers to... Um, to, to rescue Doctor Sondheim, and uh, and 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 helps gets gets his daughter saved, gets her heart condition sorted, and Hank Pym watches the whole event and then basically says, "You should you should be the new Ant Man. Go and go and be the new Ant Man. Go and um, I know that you only did this to uh, to try and save your daughter. So as long as you don't steal things anymore, take the suit, become the new Ant Man." And uh, and that is Scott Pym's and Scott Pym. <laughs> what? Scott uh, Pym. Okay, that is Scott Lang's backstory yeah. with Hank Pym. Man, too many of these. Uh, too many names that don't make sense on this show. Too many names that have clearly been made up out of nowhere. <laughs> Thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favourite moments from Marvel vs. Marvel. Don't forget our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind-the-page, behind-the-scenes, and comic book Marvel history. 